0: It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now. I'm starving. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, and this is essentially our preseason wrap-up show With next week being week one in the NFL where we will give you the lowdown on every relevant fantasy player in every NFL game. I'm Ross Tucker at Ross Tucker NFL or at Ross Tucker Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We are presented by DraftKings. Always love those dudes. He is Joe Dolan, the rock star over at FantasyPoints.com. They keep rolling in, Joe. I mean, first of all, check him out on social at FG underscore Dolan. But people keep emailing me, fantasypoints.com, using the code 21FEAST. They are coming in fast and furious right now as people all over the globe have their fantasy drafts. And they need more Joe Dolan. They need your fantasy content at FantasyPoints.com, using the code 21FEAST.
1: Yeah, Ross, it's been uh, an extremely busy couple of weeks. This week's kind of weird, though, quite honestly. It's like this very nice kind of buffer week between the preseason and the regular season, and I've got to admit, it's welcome. It's a welcome buffer week where we can kind of sit back, take a deep breath, Still have a lot of people asking questions because of of their fantasy drafts. I've got one today. I've got multiple this weekend. So drafting season is not over yet, but we got to make that transition really quick.
0: That's why we've got my guy Chris Harris on today at Harris football. I was on his show a few weeks ago talking O-line. He's one of the best in the business. His YouTube page is amazing. He's got a daily podcast. His almanac is ridiculous. The key is to follow him on social at Harris football. So you get access to all of that. And Chris, number one, welcome to the show. Number two, I got to agree with Joe. Now I wish there was four preseason games for a lot of different reasons, including my personal bank account and exposure <laughs> since I do the Eagles games. However, <laughs> this roster is going to kind of be settled over the next couple of days. And there might be stuff after week one with a few vets, but for the most part, the roster churning will be done by Thursday or Friday, and we'll have a pretty good sense with more than a week to go of where these teams really stand. So anyway, your thoughts on sort of the the different schedule this year. One less preseason game. We had right. final cuts yesterday. Waiver claims all just went through an hour and a half ago.
2: Right, yeah. Like, uh, I, I'm, I'm I, I have to say, you're great. On the Eagle games, I partake of your broadcast on the Eagle games. In fact, there are, I was in Massachusetts all, all, I don't mean to like this, turn this into a mutual admiration society, but, uh, all the media guys in Massachusetts that I listened to were like, Ross Tucker's awesome on that game. He, he's a great insight. All that said, I don't miss the fourth preseason game at all. It's useless. The third is always the dress rehearsal. The fourth is always just noise. So, uh, I don't think it's, I don't think it's bad and I'm happy to have, uh, the, the kind of rosters pretty well set For selfish fantasy reasons, you get a whole full week of drafts where you're not going to get the J.K. Dobbins injury interrupting everything. So I'm okay. I'm letting it roll now.
0: All right, so you mentioned Massachusetts. Let's start there. Uh, Obviously, very significant news with the Patriots cutting Cam Newton. Mac Jones will be their starting quarterback. They're expected to bring Brian Hoyer back. Uh, Give me the whole deal, Chris, and then I want to get it from you as well, Joe. I want the whole lowdown – I want to know if Mac Jones has any relevance from a fantasy perspective and then what it means in your mind for the Patriots receivers, running backs, and tight ends.
2: So so he probably doesn't outside of Superflex have a ton of, uh, of immediate um... – Increase in value, but I don't hate the idea that we'd keep an eye on and just see if he's kind of one of these unicorn prospects who's just ready to come in and immediately be high octane. I don't expect that's how the Patriots have built that offense. It's built around an offensive line and probably a decent running game and a couple of tight ends, and it feels like a possession type. But we'll see. Um, the effect is hard to say. I think the knee jerk is to say, "Oh, you know, Cam Newton's ten rushing touchdowns from inside the five leave the barn. They're going to go somewhere." And I'll say maybe, but I also think it's dangerous to then hike Damian Harris four rounds because of it, because they could go to someone else. I mean, frankly, Tom Brady used to sneak a lot of one-yard touchdowns. Not not a great athlete, and neither is Mac Jones. So I don't, you know, I'm not really uh, moving a lot of guys around. Everybody gets a little more theoretical upside. Jacoby Myers, polished possession receiver, gets a little more theoretical upside. He's getting drafted anyway, and he's it's, it's not real realistic to say you're walking into a season where you're starting him. Damian Harris already was a fantasy starter, probably in that flex RB2 range. That's about where I keep him. Even though it's huge news for the Patriots, it makes them a lot more fun to watch and a lot more upside uh, in the offense in the, from an NFL perspective. For me, it isn't a ton. I'm interested to hear what Joe says. For me, it's not a giant change in ranks.
1: Well, for me, Ross, it's not a giant change in ranks either, um, but only because I was baking a lot of this in. Like Cam Newton was awful last year. And I mean, from and from every possible... But there is one thing, and Chris already alluded to it, that he did well last year. He scored at the goal line. One of the things that I had to take into account when ranking Damian Harris from Andre Stevenson, you know, even guys like new Smith, was even if I thought Mac Jones was going to start the majority of the games... Is there a Cam Newton goal line package? And 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 it was just something I'm like, you know what? Belichick, he's never had to do this before. Cam Newton was great in this area and this area only last year. Is he going to say Cam Newton's still great inside the five yard line, but everything else is Mac Jones? That 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 has been removed from the equation. It is just a little bit more trust in Damian Harris, a little bit more trust in Jacoby Myers, a little more trust in Jonu Smith. Mac Jones is the better passer. Like I, I mean, he looked better this year. Cam Newton was one of the worst passers in the NFL last year. There is no doubt in my mind this is great for players across the board. But again, not a huge factor in my rankings because. I, Cam Newton wasn't starting more than half the games anyway, and I was on. I was thinking one or two maximum. Now the band aid has been pulled off, and I'm much more uh, happy with my Patriots shares than I was than I was uh, than I was just a week ago.
0: So I don't think this is like some kind of secret, guys. But I saw him in the joint practice. I saw what he did week one against Washington. I watched him against Philadelphia. I really think this Ramondre Stevenson guy is good. I mean, now they have so many backs. They always do. I, I get it. And I know Damien Harris is good as well. But I don't know how much you watched of him, Joe. I, I was thoroughly impressed with Ramondre Stevenson's feet at 246 mm-hmm. pounds. His feet. And he had a 91-yard touchdown run. He's got some rare ability. Yeah,
1: and, and here's the thing with the Patriots' backfield. Remember, they drafted Damian Harris two years ago and essentially redshirted him for a year. Um, are they going to do the same thing with Ramondre Stevenson? I'm not really sure about that, but they've got two young guys behind I, – I don't want to call Damian Harris super established, but they've got two young guys in Damian Harris and, and – and excuse me, Ramondre Stevenson and J.J. Taylor – who are kind of like young, younger backups for the guys who are more established. Obviously, James White is super established as the passing down back, and Damian Harris. So I, I'm not denying that those guys can be a factor that might throw a little bit of a wrench into investing in Damian Harris or, or James White.
0: And and Chris, just to piggyback off of that, I know it's not a big, I know it's not a big move, but those touchdowns have to go. That's a lot of touchdowns. We just don't know how they're who they're going to go to and. There's too much risk that they're spread around, right?
2: Sure, I think the danger in doing stat projections and building your ranks off of stat projections is you go, cool, ten touchdowns for Damien Harris, and you go, oops, he's a first round pick. I don't want that. Like, <laughs> gotta, I gotta, let's mellow it out and spread him out a little bit. I- I'm with you though, Russ. I think Stevenson is a factor. I don't think I think the Sony Michelle trade tells us very clearly that's not a red shirt year that Stevenson's going to play and potentially play. Enough to be a nuisance for Damian Harris. I I I have Stevenson in so many leagues. He's he's a he's a double digit round guy. It's been going up a little bit, but if you can get him in the tenth, eleventh, twelfth round just as a stash, let's see how it goes. This feels like not the red
0: shirt year to me. One of the other moves I want to talk to you guys about that's relevant today: Irv Smith done for the year, tight end in Minnesota that. I forget, Joe. Last week in our tight end tiers, I think you had him tier three, maybe.
1: Yeah, uh, he was um, he was a, a just a huge bummer. I think you know the the Vikings had totally planned on going almost exclusively twelve personnel this year. They were one of the teams that had ran the most multi tight end sets in the NFL. Irv Smith was poised for a breakout. Um, now it's Tyler Conklin. It's Chris Herndon, whom they traded for. Um, uh, Herndon is her, – I've been Lucy footballed by Herndon multiple times already. So <laughs> so have the Jets. So um, I'm, I'm leaning more towards Tyler Conklin. But, Chris, I know – I think you might agree with this. One of the reasons I love the Vikings from a fantasy perspective is they're easy for me to analyze. You know, Ross, Ross and I go game by game, and sometimes I get so freaking sick of having to rattle off ten guys who might do something. Right. That's not the Vikings. They're like the Titans. It's just like – it's Kirk Cousins throwing to Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook is running the football – What this does to me, Ross, is maybe if you're in a deeper league, you need a tight end. Tyler Conklin is somebody I might consider. Um, But what this does is really I think it increases the value of Dalvin Cook, uh, Justin Jefferson, and Adam Thielen just a little bit. I mean, those guys are being drafted. um, I think Thielen had a little bit more ceiling than where he was being drafted. But, I mean, Jefferson and Cook obviously being drafted near their ceilings. But uh, this is going to be – these guys already were projected to have massive carry and massive target shares – I would just bump that a couple of percentage points. I think this is – I mean, I think the ball is going to go to those guys, and Tyler Conklin is somebody to watch if maybe you lost Irv Smith in your league.
0: Chris, your thoughts on Irv Smith and what it means, I think as much as anything, for the other skill guys on the Vikings?
2: The problem I have with the whole uh, – oh, target share goes up and carry share goes up is that there's when there's fewer weapons – that a defense needs to worry about those the value of those you know on the marginal basis feels like meh, you know it feels like a lot more incompletions or feels a lot like a lot more double coverage it feels like it can cut both ways when you when you lose a weapon and and you place it with chris herndon <laughs> you know you're you're really telling the defense where the ball is going to go which joe is right you're already when you're minnesota you're already telling the defense where it's going to go it's probably for me not a huge effect one way or the other uh Herndon is just an ultimate athletic tease who seems like a total knucklehead, but certainly there are dudes who have figured it out in their second cities and maybe he gets a splash of cold water. He he has so much more athletic ability than Tyler Conklin that it would be awesome if he were the dude, but I I wouldn't want to draft either one of those guys. All
0: right. The next one we kind of already knew, and I feel like I've gotten Joe's take on it, but it's official now, and I want your take on it, Chris. Michael Thomas on PUP for the Saints. Don't expect to see him anytime soon. I guess my questions for you is Jameis Winston fantasy relevant and how fantasy relevant in your mind? And then what are we doing with this Marquez Callaway guy? Because he looks pretty darn good, but we've seen guys do that in the preseason and the regular season doesn't happen for him. And we've seen guys do that in the preseason and in the regular season, they're Victor Cruz and they're good.
2: Right. Uh. Is Jameis Winston fantasy relevant? You know, he's got a chance at it. It's fine if you are in a kind of league that drafts two quarterbacks or, or you know, like likes to keep backups around. Hey, there is a chance. He, I call him the wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. You know, he is he is out of control, <laughs> but he certainly takes shots, and that's what we want. We like it when our quarterbacks rack up yards, even when maybe it's in a in, for, in the cause of being way behind or you know, kind of not having a clue. Which I don't think Jameis does. He loses some because you know. The Taysom Hill's going to play, so just he loses some of that, uh, up, just sort of tippity top upside. Um, you know, Michael Thomas being out, he's still the Saints receiver you're drafting first on the hope that you know you draft him as a sixth or seventh round player and you get a first round player out of him when he comes back. It's a, it could be a faint hope. Hard to say how healthy he's going to be and how motivated he's going to be and whether he's ready to be back as a Saint at all and whether he works with Drew. Drew Brees, you know, really well because of precision route running and Jameis is not precise. Callaway is really interesting. I was all set to kind of be like, come on, everybody, calm down. It's camp. You know, Traquan Smith was hurt. Let's not call him the number one. And then you see those two receptions for long touchdowns, one of which should not have been thrown, one of which was a very good throw. And Callaway just made total baller plays down the field. And I went back and watched the film from last year. He had a couple good games, but it was all zone stuff. It was all underneath stops. You know, it was nothing down the field. The fact that, He's getting open down the field and making plays like that. He's on a ton of my teams too. He seems like also in that you know, 9, 10, 11 round range. I would take a t- shot on Traquan Smith too. I don't know if he's healthy. I don't know if he's going to play, but like 15th round, you know, having the first and second receivers for the Saints with Jameis the way you know, being Jameis, being wacky and waving and inflatable, it feels like not a terrible gamble. Joe, talk about
0: Callaway.
1: Yeah, um, I'm I'm in on Callaway. I, as a matter of fact, he'd actually be the first Saints receiver I drafted. I I I told you, Ross. I pulled Michael Thomas off my draft board. He was not for me. You know, I think he's. I I think he was one of those guys who, like, in in a league um, where where you're drafting with your buddies, like, it's gonna be the pick that gets praised more than anything. And then it, it, and then it's going to be like week five, and you're like, oh, man, I wish I drafted somebody else there. I actually did a league with my buddies this past weekend, and he goes uh, in the seventh round, fourth pick of the seventh round. And then he got a couple of comments in the room. Ooh, that was a shrewd move. Meanwhile, guys who went after him are Kenny Galladay, Michael Pittman. Jalen Waddle, Darnell Mooney, guys who might be able to contribute right away. And I'm not even confident Michael Thomas is going to be 100% when he comes back. So uh, Marquez Callaway is actually the guy I'd rather have straight up. Maybe that's foolish. Michael Thomas has put up massive numbers in the past. I understand that. Um, but Callaway was a guy who was one of Greg Cosell's favorite undrafted players last year. Um, he came in and, and made the roster as an undrafted rookie. The Saints have done that in the past. It's not crazy. But the preseason performance kind of shows you, Uh, how they feel about this guy. I mean, he switched his number to number one, by the way. I think that's a good sign, too, just (laughs) from a a pure aesthetic purpose. Um, And he's taken this job, and he's kind of run with it. Again, just like Mac Jones, I think Jameis is good news for the pass catchers, for the Saints. I think it was good news for Alvin Kamara. Um, And and in terms of Jameis, my big hold up with Jameis, from a fantasy perspective just for him, his own purposes – the Saints pulled Drew Brees, who's... They're already carving Drew Brees' bust in Canton. They pulled him off the field for Taysom Hill. They're going to do the same for Jameis, right? I mean, like, in, in certain packages. Now, Jameis starting, throwing 30-some passes a game, good for all the pass catchers. I'm just wondering, what what's his touchdown upside? What's his touchdown equity? And I'm a little concerned about that.
0: Let's get to the L.A. Rams, Chris. Uh, they traded for Sony Michelle, So... Uh, is Sonny Michelle or Henderson? Where should these guys be going in drafts now?
2: I don't think Sonny Michelle's good is the problem. You know, I just think he's fine. He's a, he's a jag. He's another guy. Henderson is a particular kind of good, but it strikes me that he's more the modern era kind of good. That he can catch passes. I've never seen Sonny Michelle do that in New England, and uh, just sort of being able to find a hole, quickness wise. It felt to me, and I said many, many times, that the Rams were always going to add somebody else when Cam Akers left. Xavier Jones was going to be the big... Come on, man. <laughs> like, it's Xavier Jones, and now he's injured and not going to play this year. Jake Funk is the third running back there. Uh, I, I, of all the possible additions, once Cam Akers got hurt, Sonny Michelle is chef's kiss. I'm fine with it. Absolutely fine. With it. Someone was always going to get added, and it, and this sort of big, relatively lumbering, fine nothing nothing terrible about Sonny Michelle just not he's going to be there to take 35% of the work so that Daryl Henderson can stay healthier healthier than he has stayed Um, Michelle should get drafted no question because a I could be wrong the plans could be no he just gets everything Kmakers are going to do I think a mistake but we'll see and B, Daryl Henderson hasn't stayed healthy so having Michelle on a team just stashed away is fine Henderson's drafted as a starter I think he's actually maybe going a little lower than he should and uh, he'd be the one
0: Joe Rams running I'm, backs.
1: Uh, I'm a little higher on on Henderson than our staff is um, at fantasy points. Um, but I'm also a little higher on Michelle than Chris is. Here's where I'm putting Michelle. I am ranking Michelle almost. Like, let, let's put him in that AJ Dillon. Although AJ, I think people have started to buy yeah. into AJ Dillon a little bit more. Um, Jamal that Jamal Williams, Ronald Jones. Um, that kind of tier of running backs where, like, you're like, well, you know, I don't know what his role is, but he's gonna have a role independent of the other guy, and maybe some things break right and he ends up being the starter. That kind of those are like those guys, like James Connors going in that range, like those zero RB kind of candidates. The one thing that I when I look at Michelle is like, now we know the Rams hate draft picks. They hate draft picks. Les Snead just wants to take a a, a vacation the last weekend in April. He's proven that. But they traded, they traded a fourth and a sixth round pick for a guy who's on the last year of his deal. And now, maybe the Rams, we just, we know already they value draft picks less than other teams do. Maybe they just feel like their window to win a Super Bowl, clearly, is now as, the, as they Kind of uh, told you with the Matthew Stafford trade, but a fourth and a sixth round pick for a guy who is on the last year of his deal is kind of a lot at that. It's it's a lot at any position if you're bringing in a depth option, but it's a lot at the running back position as well. Now, maybe, again, you might just argue the Rams just value draft picks completely differently than anybody else in the NFL, but I do think Michelle is going to play. Um, But I'd much prefer to have Henderson. If I were to say one of these guys is going to end up being a league winner, it's probably going to be Henderson. Um, But I think it's kind of a version of, uh, maybe like a better version of the Bucks backfield at this point where you're like, you have two guys and you truly believe they are going to ride the hot hand.
0: Chris, before we let you go one other thing, either from preseason football or transactions, one other thing from August. Now that it's September 1st, that uh, really is a factor for you and was noteworthy for people doing their drafts over the next week or so. I don't know.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, ev- everything that's happened, I, I, you know, you, you were doing Eagles games. I think the fact that Devontae Smith came back healthy, that's interesting. Because yeah. he he really took a big dive in ADP, as he should have when he sprained his knee. And uh, it's it's tough for rookies to catch up. And it's, a, it's an overwhelming process anyway. And to see him come out on uh, an uh, exhibition game field and see the broadcast that you were part of probably where they were doing ISO shots of him running routes and just being like, ah, there it is. He yep. just, it just feels like a kid who's going to, I can't tell you that Jalen hurts is great. I can't tell you the usage really of Devonte Smith, but I, I trust watching him run those routes and seeing him back from the knee injury uh, that he will get open. He, in the NFL, that kid's going to get open. Now, will he last? Is he just too frail? Is he, you know, he already hurt his knee. Like I can't tell you any of that. I really can't tell you the usage, but I like drafting players like that who who I just I can watch him play and just say oh oh that kind of looks like what it looks like when Stefan Diggs runs a route or Calvin Ridley runs a route or Justin Jefferson runs a route it's a really good sign
0: it's a great point check him out on social at Harris football that way you get the almanac the podcast uh the unbelievable YouTube page this guy is a one-man media machine <laughs> at Harris football thank you Chris
2: thanks guys thank you for having
0: me no, we are good. Thank you for coming on. And thank you to PixWise Joe. The number one home of free sports betting picks, props, and parlays, helmed by a team of trend-watching, data-devouring sports fanatics, giving you the who, how, and why behind every prediction. For every game, every day, and every sport, all for free, visit pixwise.com to make your next bet better. Picks wise Backs Responsible Gambling. If you or someone you know wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. We also, Joe, didn't get to do it earlier because we had Chris. We got to give away the last seven contestants in our season-long league at Fantrax.com slash Ross. By the way, you can still use that code and sign up so they know I sent you. F-A-N-T-R-A-X.com slash Ross. But Debbie Kramer... Michael Newman, Russell Bowman, Frankie Benjaminson, Justin Dvorak, Carl Althaus, and Jean-Francois Paradis. I will be in touch with when we will have that season-long draft. Very much looking forward to it. Thank you guys for taking action because it was important to you to get a chance to go against me and Joe in a season-long league. All right, Joe, I got two more for you. One is, I'm going to give you a little time to ponder it. I want you to answer the same question I asked Chris about most noteworthy thing from August from a transaction standpoint or something you saw in preseason games. But first, it appears as if Trey Lance is going to be like a package guy for the Niners, maybe down near the red zone, Does that impact anybody fantasy-wise at all? George Kittle, any (sighs) of the running backs. I think they're going to – I mean, Juszczyk came on Ross Tucker Podcast months ago and sort of hinted at this. So I think these guys have known they're going to get Lance's feet wet by giving him a package of plays pretty early.
1: Yeah, um, we'll see if they use him in the goal line or whatnot. What this just means is he's going to start sooner rather than later, I think. And as soon as he starts making plays, uh, people are going to call for him. Um, yeah, I, I think you might take a couple of touchdowns away from the running backs. Um, I, I'm, I'm I, Without knowing what this package looks like, again, it's different with the Saints and what I said, What I think I'm going to value Jameis or Taysom because – We know what what it looks like when Taysom comes in. We know that he's going to take touchdowns at the goal line. I don't know if Trey Lance is going to do that. Trey Lance is more talented than than Jimmy Garoppolo. So – To me, maybe you you knock the running backs a little bit, but it's only a matter of time before Trey Lance takes this job anyway. So I'm not making a huge adjustment to anybody on my board uh, when it comes to the 49ers with this Trey Lance news. Keep in mind, by the way, he has what they call a chip in his finger. Um, So he's going to miss about a week of
0: practice, which is going to put him a little bit behind the eight ball. Okay, now answer the other question, Joe. Mm -hmm. You can pick one thing that you feel strongly about whether it was a transaction or a guy being named a starter or something you saw in preseason huh. games.
1: Well, because we haven't talked about it yet. Um, you know, I saw a Ravens writer or reporter say, oh, this J.K. Dobbins injury, this is why John Harbaugh prefers no preseason games. He's been outspoken on that. Then why is J.K. Dobbins in the damn preseason game? It made no sense to me. You know, Harbaugh's kind of become one of those guys who can do no wrong. J.K. Dobbins gets hurt in a meaningless game. It's made me sick to my stomach for the kid. Um, And what we have to do, though, is unfortunately in this industry, is we have to take that injury and figure out what it means. Now, the Ravens, as we are sitting here talking on Wednesday the 1st, have not made another move in their backfield bringing in a vet. Or, um, or making a trade or whatever. So they have, so they have Gus Edwards, Tyson Williams, and and J- Justice Hill. So when we evaluate Gus Edwards, um, Ian Harditz came up with a with a really good stat in 2018. Well, excuse me, 2019. It, it was 2018 when Lamar Jackson first took the starting job from Joe Flacco at the end of the season. Over the final seven games of that season, even with Alex Collins in the mix. Gus Edwards was the RB18 in PPR, averaging 17.5 carries per game, despite scoring just two touchdowns and having just one target overall. So there is massive upside for Gus Edwards from a rushing perspective. But I also want people to understand that if he doesn't get the receiving work, his floor and his ceiling are going to be very, very different. It's going to have a high ceiling and a low floor. But when you look at Gus Edwards from a fantasy perspective, there is a scenario, not saying this is the most likely scenario, but there is a scenario where you could see this guy leading the NFL in carries. It's the run heaviest offense in the NFL. Maybe they don't make a move. Maybe they make a move and it doesn't work out. But they maybe they don't trust Tyson Williams. You know, um, uh, Justice Hill has gotten opportunities and hasn't really done anything with them. Maybe he ends up playing 70% of the snaps. Now, you might argue this is always going to be a timeshare. He's going to play 55-60. Okay, but there is a scenario where he leads the NFL in carries, is top two, top three in the NFL in rushing, scores double-digit rushing touchdowns, which makes him a pretty appealing RB2 to me. Just understand that if he doesn't get more receiving work, there's going to be games during the season where he even gets 20 carries but doesn't even give you 10 fantasy points. So Gus Edwards is a highly volatile RB2, who I'm kind of looking at as a super low-end, super discount, Derrick Henry.
0: Very interesting, Joe. Hey, man, it all starts next week. You know, we're going to be recording Wednesday mornings, late morning. We're going to give you everything you need to know about every fantasy-relevant guy so you know who to have in your lineup. You know for DFS purposes. You don't need to know anything for best ball purposes because there's nothing you need to do but we will be all over it starting next week make sure we'll break it down into two episodes you know the early games and then the late games cannot wait to dive into this thing it's it's kind of hard to believe it's here already joe it's it's here it's
1: i i'm i'd like to say i'm ready but i'm never ready um it, week 1 is always a rapid uh Uh, uh, like a rapid uh, fire and you're like, oh my God, how do do I have to do this? This year, uh, 18 times. But uh, we'll get into a groove. I'm sure we
0: will. At FG underscore Dolan on Twitter. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. Please rate and review right now. And then I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Even money, business of sports, and the college draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show I mentioned DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You gotta be twenty-one or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call one hundred gambler or in Indiana one hundred nine with it. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires twenty five times playthrough and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit.